0: Welcome to the Urban Phoenix podcast everybody and I'm sitting here uh, on St Paul Street in Rochester talking with Laura Mack, community cyclist that's uh, that's 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 going to be your title for tonight right um, and, Laura, so you and I met at the uh, transportation conference here in Rochester uh, several months ago. And, uh, and, you know, we connected. I, you know, I got a sense that you were, you know, you, you were somebody that really appreciated, you know, cycling culture here in Rochester. Um, tell me a little bit how you, what is your motivation behind, behind that? How did you get into, you know, biking to work, getting into rides, and just the appreciation of bike culture uh, here in your city?
1: Yeah, so I got into um, bike culture when I was in the Jesuit Volunteer Corps uh, and I had a very limited uh, stipend every month. Um, We were living off what one would get off of SSI. Um, So we had a budget for housing and for transportation and while I was in that organization, I had to bike commute to and from work.
0: let's, Let's talk about this. I want to set the scene right now. There are probably about 30 people biking by in, in like, like bikes just lit up with lights right now. This is the perfect timing. How cool is this?
1: Oh, it's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, this is the Rochester Bike Kids uh, Space Madness Night.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So, sorry to break from that, but just continue. But
1: that goes along with my community cyclists, too, because I think, you know, groups like that that get together and build community off cycling is what cycling is meant for, you know, to be present with one another and to engage directly with your environment, um, around you. Um, and I think, you know, transportation serves as for a lot of people as a leisure activity. It serves as a Um, exercise activity I know when I was younger um, I have three siblings my dad would get us on the Erie Canal as a kid and that would be our our activity for the afternoon Um, you know leisure exercise but also um, in a very practical sense as a way of getting to and from your job uh, to your doctor's appointments and engaging in um, your basic needs by cycling. So that's really how I got involved in, mm. in um, you know, community by bicycle was when I was in the Jesuit Volunteer Corps, but then that kind of um, followed through to coming back to Rochester and engaging in the community here where I grew up in, in my early 20s in trying to reconnect with what Rochester as a city has done so far with their cycling infrastructure.
0: That's really interesting and something you you know, you you know mentioned that's interesting, you know, we marketed for 30, 40 years cycling as a strictly recreational and, uh, you know, uh, exercise activity, right? And typically marketed to men. Um, i think that's finally changing i think finally we're seeing you know companies really realize that you know uh the 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 culture is turning back to the urban culture is turning back to uh bike access we're seeing our cities obviously uh increase you know cycling infrastructure and things like that especially here in rochester we're seeing that talk to me about that shift that change and and what you see in that change and how important that is for our communities
1: Yeah, I think the more uh, diverse cyclists we see out on the road, the better. Um, So obviously, I'm a woman cyclist. I identify as a woman, um, and I enjoy cycling on my own. But also, I like the community cycling factor because it puts me in a group of people um, that are different there's a variety but it also might engage me to go to places that I might not feel comfortable going on my own Um, and that's why I like group rides is because it connects me to a wider community but also makes me feel a little bit more safe and secure. Um, Not to say that I don't already on my own because I'm a very I I am a very strong, empowered woman, and I don't mind cycling on my own, but it's also really nice to be a part of a cycling community and to get together with a group of folks that enjoy it as much as I do.
0: That's fantastic. We're going to take a real quick break here. Uh, we'll be right back with Laura Mack. We'll talk about uh, more about community cycling. Okay, we're back with community cyclist here in Rochester, Laura Mack. Um, you know, Laura, th- there's always kind of been this thing you, you mentioned, you know, being a, uh, you know, a woman cyclist. Um, there are certain things that, that, you know, in cycling culture that women have to consider that men do not. And, and you know, as a man, sometimes we take for granted what those things are. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how we can overcome that as a community?
1: Sure. Um, I think as a woman cyclist, um, one of the things co- to consider is safety. Um, but as I've talked with more um, women and men in the cycling community, um, safety is always a factor everywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. car culture is very violent towards cyclists. Um, I've had many run-ins, um, even people like walking in the middle of the street who might pull out a knife on you like I heard one of those stories um mm-hmm. so safety is definitely a factor um I definitely don't try to ride um past a certain time at night or time like too early in the morning um and that's just for general safety uh as a woman and as a, and I've traveled a lot and that's kind of my those are my parameters for cycling and for travel um as a woman also a thing to consider is um attire. Uh, you know, for some of these group rides, some of them are like dress up rides and I feel the need <laughs> to wear a skirt or to like wear a dress, but you know, that's not comfortable no. <laughs> to wear on a I bike. Can not imagine? I can't yeah, imagine. Yeah. And I've done it before mm-hmm. and you know, it's fun, it's flirty, it's whatever, but um pants are just so much better and um I really enjoy um you like dressing for the cause of the ride, the group ride, that is. Um, but I also want to feel comfortable and not have to put on a show for my femininity, femininity I guess. Um, Makes sense, yeah. So I guess that's something to consider. Yeah.
0: No, that's that's a that's a fantastic answer. Let me ask you this. You know, in Rochester, we've seen kind of an explosion of cycling infrastructure we've seen you know we have a cycle track on union street which is wonderful we um the cycle track uh between uh the university of rochester and college town is really coming along there's a bunch of other i mean bike lanes you know are going in all the time new you know talk about that as a as a welcoming force for cyclists and also talk about you know what still needs to be done
1: Oh, um, the cycle track is definitely a white, a welcoming force along with the Genesee Riverway Trail and how that's been connected Mm -hmm. even more. Um, my
0: bike highway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And my, to be totally honest, my commute to work is not super pleasant. I have to take Monroe Ave, which has never had a very decent bike lane, um, and turn on to Goodman to get all the way to East Ridge Road. Um, that's a very uh, dangerous commute by bike. I've done it multiple it times, um, and it's so important for cyclists to feel safe um, amongst car traffic. And we just haven't gotten there quite yet in in a pretty high percentage of this, of the city roads. Um, there's great development happening, like um, you know, like you said, in on Union Street in um, some of these other roads that we have, but we have a lot more work to do to make cyclists feel safer
0: i I completely agree with that you know you 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 mentioned two places that uh in Monroe Avenue and Goodman it's really interesting you know those are those are kind of narrow roads but very high traffic roads mm-hmm. and it's interesting we all try to find i think i think I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, but I kind of like to find those side streets those places like if you're from rochester harvard canterbury those those places that are uh, the side streets that are kind of flat and and long and there's just not a lot of traffic and traffic still you know goes very slow the problem is when you get to these kind of narrow streets that are heavily trafficked and you can feel i you know kind of talk to this i'm sure you feel the same way you can feel the frustration of the drivers behind you If they can't get around you for a certain amount of time As much as maybe there's sharrows on the road Or as much as, you know, we want to say We're prioritizing bikes on the road Drivers are not okay with that <laughs> and, and and we can feel that pressure And that pressure, I mean, I, I don't know about you It physically actually makes me hot Like, I get I get hotter Like, I can feel that person behind me Looking to do something stupid <laughs> Running me over I can feel the, the anger building in them. Um, you know, so, you know, talk to me about that, that, that piece of it is, is, I guess, you know, looking for that, that kind of off the beaten path street that maybe parallels the main street and also kind of the, the, the driver mentality, you know, that's just looking to get by you at all costs and save themselves 10 seconds on their, on their commute.
1: Right. Well, I think the biggest thing is I wish cyclists didn't have to plan as much to feel safe. And, like, I have a car. That's
0: a great point, by
1: the way. Yeah. I have a car. I drive a car. Do I try to take small roads in order to get to where I need to be? I don't because it's not convenient. Right. Um, But we have... Kind of made that an incentive to just drive on these roads why can't we make it an, an incentive to bike on the straightest quickest path yeah. to where we need to go oh. i shouldn't have to feel like i need to go down all these side streets in order mm-hmm. to feel safe
0: that's kind of an interesting point you're right you do have to think that's what I tell people when they first start like bike commuting I say you know you have to you you can't think straightest route most convenient route anymore you have to think safest route and that's never almost never the straightest route
1: right and I guess that's kind of where like um, my stubbornness comes in because <laughs> I just kind of I do it anyways um, and that that also puts me in an outlier on the spectrum of I'm a very confident rider I've been riding my whole life in traffic with my family um, in different parts of the world and I do not mind riding in traffic is it safe not necessarily but I'm I'm on the spectrum of confident versus... I'm not confident, and I'm a beginner rider, and I don't feel comfortable riding by cars at all. So, um, yeah, it's definitely um, it's definitely something to consider when when bike commuting.
0: That's that's really good to hear. We need more people like you that are confident on our roads that say, you know what. You, you need to start respecting us as cyclists, and, you know, it's, drivers need to start respecting us, and I'm going to be the person that kind of creates that level of respect. I appreciate that. Okay, one last question, because it, it's getting cold out here. <laughs> it's late in the year. It's October, what is it, 29th, 30th? I don't know. We
1: have had a good season, though. We have had, had a,
0: a wonderful—oh, my gosh, this past weekend was the most glorious— time to bike and and be out in our cities um you know one one real last question you've been all over the world you said you took a trip uh, to europe to 14 countries um you know talk about cycling culture uh in those you know you you said you went to switzerland talk about you know talk about what that's like uh to bike abroad and how that is different uh than it is here in the states
1: Oh yeah, Um, cycling abroad is absolutely amazing. I mean, we live in a a wonderful day and age where technology is at our fingertips and we have GPS and ride with GPS um, as apps on our phones. But I felt when I was cycling through Europe that um, everything was very well connected. And that's not even to say, like, I consistently just rode my bike, but was able to take a train or was able to take a bus or a trolley. Yes. And multimodal is so important. Living in Portland, Oregon for a year, like I could bike into Portland 15 (laughs) miles from where I lived in Beaverton. But, you know, if I wanted to just take the light rail back, I could. And it was efficient and it was quick. cyclists need that type of multimodal transportation um you know we're not all out here trying to be like superman on bikes like we (laughs) want to get to where we want to go the
0: lycra wearing guy
1: (laughs) yeah like we want to get to where we want to go without like getting too sweaty getting a little workout in but also just enjoying ourselves like Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not a racer I like to take my time and enjoy the scenery Mm -hmm. and Europe really provided that for me Um, it provided me an opportunity to ride and to experience and to enjoy what was around me without feeling like um, I was going to be run over by a car
0: Laura Mack, thank you so much for joining me tonight on the Urban Phoenix podcast here on St. Paul Street outside of Fifth Frame Brewing. Uh, Really appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah,
1: thanks so much for having me. All
0: right. Have a good night, everybody.